Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the Disney Park Princess Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Heather. And this week, we are going to be talking about a new book that Heather got. She's going to tell us all about it. And you're probably wondering, why are you doing an entire podcast about a book? I listen to other podcasts for book content, but... It will all make sense. This is a special Disney book. (laughs) Yes. And if you're wondering where Charlotte is, Charlotte had some dental work this morning and is not feeling her best. So she is skipping this week, but uh, she will be back for the Patreon Extra because we actually pre-recorded that. So you'll get your (laughs) weekly dose of Charlotte in the Patreon Extra. Um, All right. It's just the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) What can we say about her? Well, first for our hot take, we are going to be talking about Disney on Broadway. So, have you you've seen some of the Disney shows? Oh, on I mean, Broadway, I right? grew up I grew up just outside of New York City, so I, I've basically seen every single one except Frozen. No, I have not seen Frozen. Um, I've actually only seen a couple. I've seen The Lion King, and I've seen Mary Poppins. I loved Mary Poppins. Loved The Lion King. What else did I see? I saw. Um... You Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, oh, Beauty, Little and the Beast. Okay. Beauty and the Beast. I think I saw it like ten times. Like, yeah, it was just that age when it came out. So my parents constantly took it to us. Um, Little Mermaid. And that was only on Broadway for a hot minute. Um, I didn't see Aladdin. I haven't seen Aladdin either. Um, but yeah. I was already living out here by the time that came out. I love Disney Broadway productions. I think they do a spectacular job. Yeah. So we found out that they are developing Coco. Disney on Broadway is developing Coco, which I'm super excited about. Me too. I So I didn't know this until you had told me, but I'm, I'm really excited. I don't know. Maybe I'm excited, but maybe I'm a little hesitant because I mm. loved Coco, like loved it. And I think it is one of the most beautiful Disney movies. Yeah, visually like it's stunning. The colors and how they've made this other realm of existence and it's just uh, the spirit animals and how are you going to do that on a stage i suspect there's going to be a lot of puppetry involved which i'm excited about <laughs> i hope that they bring a, b- a big giant dante through the crowd like you know like oh. they kind of do in um on nemo in animal kingdom yeah like, yeah 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 I, I love the music from Coco. I think it's one of the great greater Disney soundtracks in recent yeah. years. So I, I, in that aspect, I think it's going to be stuck like yeah. fantastic. I didn't. I was late to the Coco game. Like I didn't see it when it first came out, and I didn't. You know, I think eventually we watched it when it came out on. I think we rented it or something like that. I think it was, we saw it at home, but it was before Disney Plus. So I don't know. Um, and I loved it I loved it I laughed I cried <laughs> yeah it was mm-hmm. such it's a really super hit for me it's really touching I think I told you before we started recording I was lucky enough to be invited to like a billion press junkets for this before it was released in theater so I had seen it like six or seven times before it even came out yeah and I just loved it so much and especially living out here we don't get this so much on the east coast but here in LA there's a big um Mexican culture you know yeah. a lot of immigrants from Mexico are are based here and so uh, all of my neighbors you know every year have their ofrendas up and they do the day of the dead celebrations and they have the prayer flags um and just seeing this movie kind of helped me appreciate that a little more as I'm walking yeah. around my neighborhood and I'm seeing all these things getting to see the movie helped me understand what what I was seeing in my own right. neighborhood yeah I love that I, I you know I think that's what film does for people right it, it, to me books movies 
they give you a chance to sort of travel without going anywhere, right? You get to experience mm-hmm. a different culture. You get to experience different things, different places, different people. Um, and so, I, yeah, I absolutely love that. We do not have a very large um, Mexican population up no. here. Um, and so it was, you know, it was amazing. You know, I was familiar with Data Dos Muertos. I was familiar with Ofrendas, I, you know, but not to that sort of degree. And so, yeah, so beautiful. Such a beautiful tradition. I loved that um, in the movie when they were going back and forth. If you haven't seen the movie, I feel I don't I, I don't feel bad. I'm not doing spoilers. You should have seen it. It's like 10 years old. <laughs> right. Like at this point, I'm sorry. Um, but I, I loved when they were going back and forth between the spirit world and they had that giant bridge of bridge. chrysanthemums. Oh, it was so beautiful. And to me, like that's the one image of that movie that stands out and so my hesitancy in the broadway show is how do you make that happen because that was the most beautiful image from the movie agreed you kind of can't miss that but how do you make it i don't know i don't know but i don't know what julie taymore is doing but if they could bring her on for coco that would be incredible i'd be she was the original director of the lion king (laughs) um and yeah it was just uh the stage so not the movie um and uh you know she just has like a brilliant mind for those types of things so i would love to see you know. i feel like this is one of those things that maybe i would go back east for i mean i go back east because my family's there but i don't make it a point to go see shows because now it's i'm going back home to visit my family i don't have time to vacation but right. i feel like i would maybe make a a trip for this versus waiting for it to come on tour yeah Disney Park Princess trip to go see Coco when it opens on yes! Broadway. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's two whole hours. It's right. not like, you know. Yeah. I miss, that's what I miss most about where I, I grew up. It used to be like a 30 minute skip into New York City for me my whole life. And then yeah. here I am in Los Angeles and it's a project to get there now. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a whole thing. So, well, are, let us know. Are you excited about, you know, Coco potentially coming to Broadway? I mean, this is in the very, very early stages. It's just in development. It takes a very long time to get a show from development to the actual stage, but I'll be excited. I'm here for it. Me too. I'm so into that. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Let us know if you're excited about that. You can email us at info at DisneyParkPrincess.com or of course, talk about it in the Disney Park Princess Facebook group. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking about Heather's newest find. She's very excited about this. So <laughs> stay tuned. If you're like me, you have post-its and scraps of paper and receipts and places that you have jotted notes down on and they're probably scattered all over your house. No, just me? (laughs) That can't possibly be true. But if you are like me and you're looking for a way to organize all of your plans for your upcoming Disney, Universal, or other vacation, look no further. Disney Park Princess has created a series of vacation planning journals designed by each of your Disney Park princesses. Three separate covers, one by me, one designed by Heather, and one designed by Sharla. And if you look at these covers, you can instantly tell who designed which one. (laughs) Go to DisneyParkPrincess.com, click on Shop, our must-have items and gift guides, and in the drop-down box, click Shop. You can also purchase these directly on Amazon, but of course, we hope that you go through our website. So whether you like the classic navy blue and pink of my cover, the gold and rose gold elegance of Heather's cover, or the 90s-inspired colors on Charlotte's cover, or maybe you want the entire set, go to DisneyParkPrincess.com and click on Shop. Thanks. All right. 
let's get into this. This is all you, girl. I am. I'm really hopeful that everybody else listening is as excited about this as I am. Otherwise, this is just a dud of an episode, and I apologize. But <laughs> <laughs> I had heard about this book coming out, and I wanted to get myself a copy. It is called "100 Disney Adventures of a Lifetime," and it was released by National Geographic Press um, in conjunction with the Disney 100 celebration, which has just started, and. Essentially, I wanted to get it out of curiosity for myself. Have I heard of these things? Have I done these things? Or were there going to be little hidden gems in here that I didn't know about? But essentially, it is a giant book. It is so thick. It's a couple hundred pages. Yeah, it's and it's got beautiful pictures because, of course, Nat Geo. Um, if you hear rustling, I'm sorry. I've earmarked a ton of pages that I'm just going to be flipping through to talk to you about it. But it's a <laughs> hundred Disney adventures of a lifetime. One hundred adventures for one hundred years um and it ranges in everything from big giant trips around the globe different theme parks hidden details to different little like food different foods Mm -hmm. you could eat at the rest so it could be either super expensive or it could be free um but it the point of the book is to show the breadth of the disney portfolio and all the different things that you could be doing that revolve around Disney. So it's not just Walt Disney World. It's kind of getting you out there and and more familiar with the Disney universe and hopefully pique your curiosity enough that you would want to go and experience these things for yourself, which I feel like is something I talk about on the podcast all the time. Disney is so much just more than just Walt Disney World. And this book is a beautiful, beautiful way to kind of understand that. Yeah. And for people that don't know, the partnership between Disney and Nat Geo goes back many, many years, but Disney actually acquired National Geographic. Um, so the Nat Geo yes. channel things are all available on Disney Plus. There are now new National Geographic adventures that are mm-hmm. offered by Disney, which are incredible trips. And I mean, Nat Geo has been do- doing their expeditions for years and years and years. These yeah. are not new things. These are not yep. things that have just been put together by Disney, but now they're under the Disney portfolio. And so Disney gets to sell them and maybe put a little bit more of their family spin on a handful of them. They're not yep. changing everything because Nat Geo has their own following um, yep. and people who are really passionate about these trips. Awesome. All right. So let's get into it. What's so I mean, listen, we can't go over all 100, but I've, you know, earmarked maybe about a dozen, a dozen and a half. Um, And I'm sure (laughs) there wasn't anything in this book that for me particularly I hadn't heard of before. Mm -hmm. So there was nothing that was super surprising, but there were things that they went more in depth on and more that I wanted to learn about. So I appreciated that. So the first one that I earmarked is one that you and I know very well. Um, But I just wanted to bring it up to uh, our listeners. And it says, meet the other beast. And it is the dragon underneath the castle in Disneyland Paris. Because Our favorite thing. Our favorite thing. I don't think... But that is common knowledge and it may be to our listeners because we're all big Disney fans but I think 
a lot of people don't realize. Plus, there we is... talked about it incessantly after we got. I know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, it's just like what a fun little detail. Like there should be a dragon in a castle, and Paris has one. Um, and so you know, they just give you. I'm gonna hold this up for Sarah to see. Not you guys can't, but you should go get the book. Oh, there she is. But they have these beautiful color photos, and then for which each... are like impossible to get. By the way, it is impossible to get good photos. Oh my gosh, of it's dragon. so dark in there. It's but so I dark. like that it gives you the history of of each thing that they're talking about it gives you more details that maybe you wouldn't know um you know it, it, what i'm not going to just read it word for word but um you know they're giving you history on how the imagineers created her and what made them decide um to visit her and fyi i did not know this maybe i should have maybe you did but i didn't know um that the dragon in the castle is not Maleficent. I did know that. I did know it's not meant to be a direct sort of. She is not, or he is not. Um... It's a he? No, it's a she. It's a she. I'm sorry. I won't it hear says... nothing else. <laughs> Considering the location, it's easy to assume the beast is Maleficent. However, he belongs to Merlin, who resides in the castle. So Merlin lives in Sleeping Beauty's castle, which is true because he has his magic shop, the gift shop right outside the um, the dragon's entrance. And so this is not Maleficent. It is Merlin's dragon. I did, not know, Merlin had a dragon. Dragon. I did know it was not supposed to be Maleficent, but I maintain that it is a she. I'm so sorry. You can, you, you know what, listen, no gender rules here. That's Maybe right. Maybe Dragon <laughs> not know either what he or she may be. <laughs> True. Okay, so the next one, and, and I should say each, this book is broken down into all different chapters. So um, they are, you know, let's go fly a kite, which is fun for all ages. They have activities for the tame and daring. They have vacations and excursions around the globe. Um, be our guest, which is, you know, the different dining options that you might find. And then my favorite chapter, which we will get to towards the end, is when you wish upon a star. And that is once in a lifetime splurges. So there's something for every category of Disney fan here. I love um, it. So this next one is one we are all aware of. I, I guarantee every single person here is aware of, but I just wanted to bring it up and talk about things, Disney things to do outside of the theme parks. And so this is the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. And so I have visited quite a few times because I live so close. Um, but this was started by Diane Disney Miller, Walt's daughter. And it is not a museum to the Walt Disney Company. It is a museum to the man, her father. And basically his journey from childhood through death and all of the trials and tribulations he faced as a person creating this empire. Uh, this is like so way high up on my list. A, I haven't been to San Francisco except for just a couple of hours as a layover that I got to go out into the city really quick, like went to Fisherman's Wharf and then went right back to the airport. <laughs> um, I'm dying to see this museum. I have seen such incredible things about I'll it. So I'll come with you. I'll come with you. I love it. I way high it. on my list. You know, it's a really cool museum in that it's interactive. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot of artifacts, lots of photos, but it's very interactive for adults and children. So a lot of people are, you know, you're not going to be bored there. And they also have rotating exhibits, you know, different, they might feature different movies, um, different artwork. Um, one time I 
I was there and I got to see the Ivan Earl exhibit. And so all of his beautiful paintings, both from Disney and not Disney. So it is worth a trip, you know, when you're in San Francisco, book yourself an afternoon here. And it's not a quick visit. You're going to be there for four or five hours. So that's one. But I just, I like. No, no, I was just going to say, so what's next? What's next is, okay, so this is a little fun free thing at the theme parks that um, is not listed on a guide map and you kind of have to be in the know or in the right spot at the right time, but it's one of my favorite things. Um, And that's watching the neon come on at Cars Land every night. Have you done that? I love that so much. Okay. I wasn't sure. I have have done that and it is magical. It is like, it's kind of. Like, it's better than the goodnight kiss. Like, it's a fun little surprise. It happens every single night at dusk. Um, and just as the sun starts to set, all of the neon comes on in Cars Land. And just like they do in the movie, you go cruising, quote, unquote, down <laughs> Route 66. It's so fun. And, you know, they play the song. Um, and everybody kind of just stops. All the cast members dance. And, yeah, yeah. And it's just like this fun magical moment and then at christmas time the neon still comes on but so do the christmas lights and they don't play um why can't i think of the name i just keep thinking like life would be a dream or something like that yeah (laughs) in my mind i'm just singing shoop shoop but um they uh they play christmas music as the Mm -hmm. lights come up over the holiday season so again one of those things that i love about disney where it's just the tiny details they didn't have to do that they didn't have to make it an event but they did it's, it's, you know, it, there are things like that, that I think so many people will just run right past or not know. And I never like to, I don't know, things like that, I feel like should almost be stumbled upon. Like, I'm glad more people know about it, but like, it's not a thing that I necessarily would like run to make sure that I'm in place for, but like, if I'm nearby or whatever, if I happen to be there, it's, it's just a touch of magic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's why I like they don't put it in like the times guide or or anything like that. It's just spontaneous, essentially. Um, And so the next one is falls back. I have a couple of them in this category um, is doing Disney things outside of the theme parks, right? Mm -hmm. Because it didn't start as a theme park company. It was an entertainment company and movies. And so if you are going to come out here to California, I would encourage you to do things other than Disneyland. You don't need a full week at Disneyland, but if you took a week vacation, you could spend maybe four days in the parks and then three or four doing other things around the LA area and but if you want to keep it in the Disney family did you know that Disney owns a movie theater I don't think I did know that Disney owns a movie theater in the heart of Hollywood it's actually right on the walk of fame across from the Dolby theater where the the Oscars are filmed and it's called the El Capitan oh I have been to the I've been to the El Capitan. <laughs> so it's on the Backstage Magic Adventures by Disney, which yes. is why I've been there. I guess yes. I've, I've seen the organ. I've done the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It just didn't click that Disney owns it. So the El Cap is like, it, it looks like a Broadway theater, but it is only a movie house. It was created for movies and it still is a movie theater in this day. In fact, Disney bought it back, I, I want to say in the 80s or 90s, because mm-hmm. it had gone under such disrepair and they wanted to bring it back to the original glory. Um, and so they 
It is a working movie theater. You can go on the website and buy tickets to whatever movie you want to see. They only show Disney movies, um, but they do a lot of fun things like, you know, around Halloween, they'll do like a marathon of like Hocus Pocus and Nightmare Before Christmas and, and, and all different. Sometimes I went and saw a Newsies screening there um, because Newsies had just come into town on a Broadway tour, but they brought in the original cast and Kenny Ortega, who was the director of the original movie. And as a child of the 90s, who was a professional dancer, Kenny Ortega was everything to me. <laughs> everything. I loved him. I loved his choreography. Um, and so they brought him and the original cast of Newbie, Newsies to do a screening of the original 90s film at the El Cap. And then they all did a Q&A and I was losing my mind. So they do fun things like that. But they also do the new releases. Um, usually in the basement of the theater, they'll have... Um, like I remember when Beauty and the Beast came out with um, Emma Watson, they had a little exhibit of like props and costumes from the movie in the basement, completely free. It's included with your movie ticket. You can just go in and watch it. But I think the big draw is not only how beautiful the theater is, but they have this original 1926 organ mm -hmm. and they have a player and it rises from below the stage and before Every movie, they play a 10 to 15 minute set of different songs, different movie songs, and you just get treated to this fun little like special thing. Like, you know, I could go to the AMC and see the same movie, or I can come here and get like this fun little festive show with yeah. it. Yep. And there's a really good ice cream shop right next door. Weird. Iridelli's, I believe you're yes. referring to. I try to stay out of there as much as possible because <laughs> it is delicious. And they have everything that you can get in the Ghirardelli's at the parks, but also their own special Sunday. Yep. Very yummy. Okay, my next one is one that I have done, but I don't think anybody else listening has. Maybe there's one or two of you, but... <laughs> It is worth the trip alone, and that is the Pirates of the Caribbean Battle for the Sunken Treasure at Shanghai Disneyland. O-M-G. This is the coolest ride I have ever been on. It blows Tron out of the water. I, oh my gosh, I wish the U.S. parks would put money into their parks like the, the Asian parks do, because this is phenomenal. So and is I, it their version of Pirates, or is it like, does it bear no resemblance it to It bears our... no resemblance. Okay, 100% its own ride. Okay. Um, and it is based only on the movies. It has nothing to do with like, oh, we want the redhead. Okay. It is, um, it is... Oh gosh, it's amazing. It is so incredible. You, It's basically a trackless system, but in water. So you're on a boat and it's trackless and you're going along and then you start spinning around and then walls come up and walls come down and it's part practical, part 3D. And you're in the middle of like two giant pirate ships as they're cannon fire going between you and you go forwards and you go backwards you go up you go down you have no idea what's happening and then they have the most incredible animatronic i have ever seen um for davy jones and he is not far away he is like if you think of um the shaman in uh yep navi which, river journey that's it i wanted to say kali river rapids i'm like no that's not it brain that is not it <laughs> uh, but you see how close she is Yep. Davy Jones is probably a good 10 feet closer to you. Like you oh are gosh. literally like he is here and he's above you. And it's the most intimidating thing I have ever seen. And the little tentacles are going and he's like, oh my gosh, it is. I, if you know me, you know that the ocean is my biggest phobia in the world. And I spent 
this I've written it like 10 times and the entire time like my palms were sweating I was terrified I thought I was going to drown it was so realistic and oh so God. much fun wow. it's terrifying it's absolutely like it's almost like a like a, a thrill ride slash horror ride it's oh gosh it, it's amazing so yes everybody go to Shanghai because they have better rides than we do <laughs> If only. Well, you've got that visa, right? The, how many years do you have left on that visa? <laughs> Ten more years. Did I say Shanghai? I am very sorry. Um, yes, I was right. Shanghai. Okay. okay. <laughs> now I have seven more years left on my visa. Okay. I just need China to open. That'd be great if I All could right. go visit. <laughs> Get it together, China. Let's go. I'm ready to go back. Um, also because they have Frozen World coming now, and my neighbor worked on that, and so I would like to go see that. I and also... What's the movie with the animals? Zootopia? That's, I wanted to say Zoopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with my brain today. Like, it's half there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, moving on. Get it together, Heather. Uh, the next one is back at Walt Disney World. And this is, um, it, it's two in one, I would say. Um, but it's kind of a nod to the fun things that are available at the resorts. And every resort has their own slate of activities some resorts are better than others and so the two that are being highlighted here are at the animal kingdom lodge which i maintain has the best to the surprise of absolutely nobody yeah, we've talked they about have that the very i think best we just activity. talked about the last episode we did yeah. <laughs> we did um but the two that they're highlighting here one is an experience you pay for and one is completely free whether you're staying there or not and so the first one is the starlight safari um, and they kind of started doing this at the parks on Kilimanjaro safaris, but they it only lasted for one summer and they never brought it back. But um, it's really cool because, you know, you get to go out onto the resort savanna um, at nighttime as the as the sun is setting and then the lights are coming up. You get your night vision goggles um, and you're out on a little truck and it drives you through the savanna and you're seeing the animals in their nighttime habitat doing their nighttime animal things, which is really when a lot of them are active. So you get to see a lot of cool stuff. Um, nighttime and it, safari is so different than a daytime mm -hmm. safari. Like the animals are actually moving, you know, yeah. like they're not just sleeping um, and it's only an hour long. So, you know, you could do dinner there or you could do this and then go for dinner or, or maybe you head back to the parks and, and, you know, if they have late night hours, but I think that's really a fun experience. But if you want to do that and it's just a little bit too expensive, they have you covered anyway, because every night around the corner from the pool, um, they offer night vision goggles to borrow completely complimentary. Mm -hmm. And so all you have to do is walk up to the cast member, wait your turn for a pair of goggles to be available, and you can kind of just hang out on one of the overlooks and watch the animals do their thing. It's obviously not as in-depth as driving out into the middle of the savanna, but it's you still get to see the animals at night and you don't have to pay a thing. Love it. Love it. So yeah, I don't know how many people were aware of that, but like, you know, go explore the resorts take that to like like sarah likes to say do less enjoy more it doesn't have to be a completely commando experience mm -hmm. uh, at the parks take some time to explore your resort they're not just a place to sleep they have so much to offer yeah and i mean i i know you know i've had some clients and some friends over the years do a completely parks free vacation like we're going to disney we're not buying park admission and you can still have a complete vacation that does not involve stepping foot in a theme park. There's exactly. so much to do. 
you'll come back more relaxed. That's for sure. You know, yeah. and, and you wouldn't be bored and you would still get that Disney experience. Um, okay. Next, I'm trying to like not bore you all, but, and I want to try to get through as many of these as we can. So the next one is like we were hinting at in the beginning, National Geographic, and we were talking about how they have their slate of ex expeditions. Um, this is just kind of talking about those expeditions and saying, come take a trip, go see the world. Uh, they're highlighting the one to the Galapagos and it's a shame Sarah or Sarah Charlotte is not, not here. here. Yeah. Because she has she hasn't done it with National Geographic, but she did get to go to the Galapagos with Adventures by Disney. Um, and you know, it's just kind of I think it's fitting that Disney owns Nat Geo now because Walt Disney himself was so fascinated with the natural world. And he did mm -hmm. all of those, you know, true life adventure series back in the sixties. And like, he, I, he would love this. Like imagine getting to go to the Galapagos and seeing these giant tortoises. Look at him. Look at him. Oh my God. So cute. <laughs> so cute. So, you know, there, there is this whole other slate of, of vacations available, whether you want to travel with Adventures by Disney or Nat Geo, that will get you out to see the world um, and, and, you know, but still do it under the Disney level of service that we're yeah. all accustomed to. And if you have any questions about the difference between ABD and Nat Geo expeditions, please email me. I will be happy to talk your ear off about them because I'm very passionate about them both. Next, back at Walt Disney World is we we do this and we talk about this all the time, but I don't I wonder how many of our um, listeners take the time to do this. My second favorite thing in Animal Kingdom is Conservation Station at Rafiki's Planet Watch. You know how I feel about Conservation Station. I, I love me it. a fat goat. <laughs> I sit with the pigs. I like to just sit and pet the fat little pigs. <laughs> but my favorite thing um, about conservation station which i think some people may not know is it's not just a petting zoo or character meet and greet they have the veterinary offices there uh that handles all of the animals all over walt disney world whether they are based at epcot or they are wild or based you know at the at animal kingdom um and at any given day, they're doing a slate of surgeries, whether that may be just um, a checkup. One time when I was working at, with Disney down in Florida, um, word got round that they were about to operate on a lion. And I like literally everybody just dropped what they were doing, ran from their desks across the street and into um, conservation station so that we could watch them operate on these this giant animal. As a guest one time, I saw them doing um, a, a dental dental work on a, a tiger. So, you know, you could see something as simple as them, like, repairing a turtle shell. Or, oh. or you know, they're bringing in these huge animals and you never know what you're going to get. And it's what a great way um, to kind of understand how Disney cares for these animals. Mm -hmm. They also, you know, put a microphone in there so that you can actually speak to the veterinarians and ask them questions about what is happening and what is going on. And I think it's so interesting and a great way for kids to learn as well. Yeah, it's incredible. I could spend all day there. Okay, next one. What do I have here? Adventures by Disney. It is no secret that this is my favorite Disney vacation. You should all do one. I cannot, I cannot say enough good things about them. I think they're amazing. Um, 
This one, they're highlighting the Copenhagen escape. So ABD doesn't do just long vacations. They do little ones, three or four nights. Um, And this one is in Copenhagen. And the reason they highlighted this is because um, in Copenhagen, there is the original theme park, Tivoli Gardens. And that was kind of Walt's inspiration and what he based Disneyland on. And so, um, you know, you get to go to Copenhagen and see the Little Mermaid statue and Tivoli Gardens. and, and, And it's only three nights. So... You know, it's a great option to add on if you're doing a cruise out of there or if you would like to go around on your own for the rest of the time, but kind of get more in depth here. ABD has has vacations of every length for everybody of every interest. And yeah, I, those little escapes, I think people really overlook them and they're fantastic. They're a great way to if you don't want to maybe commit to like a full Adventures by Disney, if you just want to try it out, see what you think, the escapes are fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, they have a lot of escapes here in the U.S. So yep. it, one of the ones that I actually really want to do, and Justin's like, you don't need to do this. You, like, I'll just take you. But they have the one in in Boston in the Northeast now. Yep. Um, and he's like, I'll, I'll just do that for you. And I'm like, but I want to go with APD. <laughs> so they, you know, they have one in San Francisco. They have a short escape out here at Disneyland. So if you just want to get a little taste, you're not sure how you feel about a guided tour. There are local U.S. ones that aren't too, too expensive, if I'm honest. So it's worth checking out. Okay, the next one. What does this one say? It says, share our table. Um, And it's just, I don't know why I hide I think I highlighted this because of Goofy's Kitchen. They're talking about (laughs) character meals um, and all of the different foods and, like, I guess, signature um, foods at the different character meals. And (laughs) the one at Goofy's Kitchen at the Disneyland Hotel, their signature dish is the peanut butter pizza. I was about to say, I know exactly what it is. It's the peanut butter and jelly pizza. <laughs> if you don't like a PB&J pizza, we cannot be friends. It is delicious. <laughs> I know it sounds a little weird, but it's, it's essentially just a flat PB&J sandwich. And for whatever reason, it is on the breakfast buffet. But it's just like, I'll eat 10 slices of it. So good. So good. Um, but then they were, um, you know, they go on to highlight different restaurants in Shanghai Disneyland. Um, how they have Mickey Sushi mm. at one of the character meals at Hong Kong Disneyland. Um, you know, they're talking about Artist Point at Disney World and and just all the different like fun Mickey themed or or signature dishes at the character meals that is kind of worth it to go there and try. I got when I was in Hong Kong, um, it's not at what they were talking. It was at one of the restaurants at the hotel, the Crystal Lotus. And it was very like um Americanized Chinese restaurant and the food was fantastic but their signature dish in china they like puddings and they like mango and it sounds like it's a great thing and it is for the first day but then when that's all you've eaten for 12 days you're sick of it but they have (laughs) these little puddings which really we should think of as a jello shaped like do you remember zoom zooms oh i remember zoom zooms right they had collect them yeah yeah, they were like they were like the next generation vinylmation craze um but they had little puddings or jellos i suppose shaped like sum sums and they had like a matcha one that was shaped like the little green men from toy story and a, yep. a coconut one that i want to say it was marie for from aristocrats but like <laughs> the different parks around the world have the cutest snacks and so i think that's why i highlighted that one because it's worth traveling across the globe to go eat cute Disney food for your Instagram feed. I mean, really, the Asian parks have the the adorable factor on their snacks is through. Oh, my God. 
and I would say even like just out of that, Tokyo has yeah. everybody beat everybody. Every, and I mean, don't get me wrong, but Tokyo, that's next on my list. Okay. This one is one that I am very passionate about, and it is, you can do this on the Southern California ABD, or you can come and do this yourself. But like I said, get out of the theme park bubble. And if you want to really still travel and get to know Disney and the Walt Disney Company, come here to Southern California, and you can do Disney things that are outside of Disneyland. And like I said, you can do it on the tour or you can do this by yourself. I have a whole video on my YouTube channel highlighting every last one of these. But go take lunch or dinner at the Tam O'Shanter in Silver Lake. It's about a 10-minute drive from the Walt Disney Studios. It's where Walt and his Imagineers used to eat every day for lunch. They even have a booth dedicated to him, which is the booth where he used to eat. I personally go here every year for um, St. Patrick's Day. The food is fantastic. You can go to Griffith Park and ride the carousel that inspired Disney to create Disneyland. You can we go- We did that. <laughs> we did do that. I made them. <laughs> Didn't we do that on the- um, We did it the last time we were in Disneyland. We just did it. Right. Just- because like on our way and we picked us up at the airport and then we went (laughs) it's so close and it's such a part of disney history like i guarantee everybody listening knows that story how walt sat on a bench and watched his daughters ride the carousel well you can you can go ride it you know it's open every single only people on it that day (laughs) i know and it's a long ride it's not like the carousels in the theme park where you're on and off in 30 seconds like you are going around for five minutes and it goes fast um but it's such history it's such an old carousel and it's it's two dollars on the weekends you know it's only open saturdays and sundays and labor day monday um you can go to the walt disney um barn his barn where he created his you know his backyard trains that's moved to a public location in Griffith Park, also five minutes from the studio. Um, You know, it's open the fourth Sunday of every month. It's completely free. Just go in, ride these little tiny trains, see where where Walt played, you know, on his off time. You can walk past the Disney studios. You can't go in unless you're on, you know, an Adventures by Disney or a D23 tour, but you can go and take pictures in front of that gate and get pictures of the iconic Seven Dwarfs building. There's so much history in L.A. that leads up to Disneyland that I would really love to see our listeners, especially everyone who says you're big Disney fans, go explore the history. Get out of the theme parks. Like I said, you can do the parks for four days. Come up to L.A. for two days and do all of this cool stuff because it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, and if you listen to this podcast, we mentioned it before. We'll mention it again. We are going to Disneyland in November. So if you are interested in joining us in the parks for a couple of days and then want to go do all of these amazing things that Heather is talking about, you can send us an email at info at DisneyParkPrincess.com and I will add you to the mailing list for that trip in November. Yes, we are finalizing our um, our little itinerary and we'll do a whole show announcing everything pretty soon. Um But maybe, you know, if anybody's interested before we head down to Disneyland, if you fly in early, I'll meet you and take you around L.A. And we'll do do all of my little local things because. (laughs) I don't mind. These are things that I genuinely do every day. I walk past them. I drive past them. I eat at them. And so, hey, why not? Um, Okay, so I only have two more and they're kind of just like little small ones um, to end on. And 
you know, if all of this sounds interesting to you, go get the book. It's so beautiful. It's so stunning. Um, and even if you know everything that I've said, it's worth it just to have the pictures. Um, the next one is the so sweet it's called. Um, but they're basically talking about the different suites around Disney universe um and it also they're talking about the gorgeous suites at aulani um the signature suites at the disneyland hotels plural disneyland resort hotels um but basically just um kind of reminding you that there is the finer side to disney and that it's not all just value resorts and running to theme parks that if you want to splurge and you want to pamper yourself you can do so in hawaii you can do so you know in Disneyland and, and, yeah. it, and we've actually, got, if you go to our blog, Heather has a, an entire blog post about the suites at the Disneyland yes. uh, resort hotels. Cause they're pretty amazing. They're not just like, Oh, here's, you know, a room with a living room. Like they're, they're magic. They're so cool. Um, the Imagineers did a lot of fun little surprise stuff in there. So it's worth, I wish I could afford them. I cannot afford them, but one day, even if I just spend one night in one of them. And then my last one that I've selected is a completely free overlook uh, attraction that is one of my favorite things at Disneyland. And I always make sure to look at them. And they are the Roasty Toasties. Do you know the Roasty Toasties? Oh my gosh, they're my favorite little guys. Um, I'm sure you you have seen what are the, them. I've never heard of what are the Roasty Toasties. Roasty Toasties. Um, <laughs> that's not their official name um their official name is a, a tosty rosty which by the people who created them but now it just affectionately they're called roasty toasties okay, um, i know and, about like roasty potatoes is that no no roasty okay. toasties are the little guys at the popcorn carts who turn the little jar of popcorn they have they do not okay. have these at disney world they are no no I, I know disney what you're talking about now okay now in general, they're like little clowns, right? And they look like they're hand turning a crank. And it was just like a cute little thing that was created back in the early 1900s, um, like a fun little attraction. But when they put them in at Disneyland, they had uh, themed them to each land. So if you go to the popcorn cart, cart by the Matterhorn, the Roasty Toasty is a Yeti. Or if you go to the one in Tomorrowland, it's a guy in a space suit. If you go to the one near... Um, New Orleans Square, he's dressed in the Haunted Mansion butler's outfit. And so it's kind of like a fun little scavenger hunt where you go around, whether or not you eat the popcorn, but go and see all the different roasty toasties that you can find. And they're so adorable. So cute. They're so cute. And it's one of those things that I guarantee almost everybody rushes past. Nobody realizes. You might see one and think, oh, that's funny, haha, and not think to look at the others. But it's such like just that little level of detail that Disney goes the extra mile for. Well, now we might have to add a, a roasty toasty tour to our itinerary. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I And listen, I'm here for crack corn at any given time. Love it. Okay. Well, I, I mean, the book sounds incredible. Um, and I'm sure you can get it wherever books are sold. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it's, we will it's try to include picking it up. 
Okay, and we will include a link to it, uh, an Amazon link to it in our podcast description as well. Um, so that you can see what she's talking about. But it is a gorgeous, gorgeous yeah, coffee Yeah, I mean, book. if nothing, just for the photos alone, my goodness. Yeah. I, it's, it's so, it's just so beautiful. And again, there's going to be things in there that you know about, things that you've never considered, things that you have never heard of. But what a way to celebrate the complete portfolio of the Disney company um, and try to get yourself out of the comfort zone of doing the same Disney thing all the time. Heather's on a one woman mission to make sure I that... am. Well, because you know what? Like I grew up going to Walt Disney World and that was my thing and I loved it. And I went four or five times a year and I couldn't get enough of it. And then I moved out here and I got to experience a different theme park. And then I started going on adventures by Disney and Disney cruises. And and there's so much more to Walt the Walt mm. Disney Company than Disney World. And I just yeah. why not experience it all? It's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. So coming up next on our Patreon Extra, uh, a little factoid that I learned that blew my mind and I immediately had to find out. We were um, shocked, shocked. Heather was shocked. (laughs) (laughs) It has changed our marriages. It has changed our marriages. It really has. It really has. I'm just going to say that. So if you are not a Patreon supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash Disney Park Princess and get bonus content. We do a Patreon Extra for every single one of our podcasts. Coming up next week, when is the best time to visit the Disney parks? This is a hotly contested topic um, because best (laughs) is a subjective term, right? So (laughs) I might have one answer. Heather might have another. Charlotte might have another. We'll see. Um, But that's what's coming up next week. So thank you so much. Don't forget to support us on Patreon. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram. Check out our blog. Pick up a copy of our theme park planning journal, which we love. Um, they, you know, people have been buying them and we're so, so, so excited. So um, go to DisneyParkPrincess.com to purchase those as well. That's it. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Au revoir.